So in the uh, purest sense of the term, Jesus went on retreat for 40 days. This is in the fourth chapter of Luke's Gospel. What's happened before that? Well, we have all the rich stories surrounding the birth of Jesus. I mean, Luke is really rich on that. We talk about that at Christmas time a lot because Luke gives us a lot more of what's going on there. Still, it's only, you know, a couple of chapters worth. Um, and woven with the birth of Jesus story is the birth of John the Baptist and the whole purpose of John the Baptist. Um, and then John the Baptist going out and, and paving the way for, for Jesus. And Jesus is born and there's the Jewish uh, traditions that he goes through, the naming ceremony on the eighth day. Um, and then we get this glimpse of Jesus at 12 years old in the temple. Um, and then the next thing, he's 30 years old and he's being baptized. So we don't really get a lot. Of, you know, we get the birth and we get 12 years old of one story and we, we get uh, um, what's going to be the beginning of his public ministry with his... Uh, baptism by John the Baptist. But then, the next thing that he does is the story we heard today. He goes on retreat. He's driven by the Spirit out into the wilderness. Um, I, I felt that way before. Have you ever felt like you, were, you just had to, some force was driving you to just get away. <laughs> Quiet all the voices around. Um, and just settle for a little bit. Um, but retreats are not something we often, we often have to be driven to them because retreats in the purest sense of the word, we, in our modern times, we, we use retreat for everything. You know, we have a church camp, we, we sometimes call it a retreat that we go to, but that's not a retreat in this sense. That's a good time together. It's a retreat in the sense that it takes us to a different place and gives us some perspective. We get away from all the other stuff. Um, so it has some elements of a retreat, but it doesn't have all the elements of Jesus' retreat going on there. Uh, other times we might go on a retreat. Some of you, uh, I haven't been on the women's retreat. They have it in and they won't let me in. But... Um, <laughs> but I'm presuming there's programming that happens there and, and there's worship and there's different sort of things but there's a lot of communal stuff like that and from a group sense there's a kind of re retreat atmosphere but that's still not what Jesus did he, he went out all by himself in this pure sense of a retreat when you go out all by yourself um, at some point whether you invited it or tried to avoid it or whatever you're confronted with so much. You're confronted with kind of the very core good versus evil sort of things within you, within the world, within everything. Doubt versus faith. Despair versus hope. The past versus the future. Um, no purpose versus a clear purpose. And temptation versus trust. So a lot of times when we go on a retreat maybe we're invited to, we, we kind of like the programmed ones because, or the ones where no expectations, just be together. Um, 
because we won't have to deal with this really, not directly, not forced to. But in the purest sense of the term, when you go on retreat, you're going with yourself. You're meeting yourself. And the Lenten season is meant to be a period that calls us uh, into that kind of retreat kind of mode, all right? Um, so, uh, uh, you know, we, we try to do a lot of things around here. Um, you know, we've, we've, on some of the Sundays last year, a lot of the Sundays last year, we did the pairing and sharing because part of church is building a relationship with one another and listening to each other and sharing our hearts with each other and, and that sort of thing. And we, we try to do those sorts of things. We're, we're sitting here in, in a circle and accommodating beyond the circle and doing those sorts of things. And these are all communal sort of things. But in the ultimate sense, once again, retreat is where we meet ourselves. So one of the things we're going to do during this Lenten season, you'll see it in the, in the bulletin, is we're going to have a kind of a mini retreat time, a meditation time during each worship service where you'll be invited um, to spend a little bit of time with yourself, okay? Um, and to uh, consider what that little bit of experience is like. Now, I went on a retreat by myself. I've done it a few different times. It's been a long time since I had the opportunity to really do it. But the time that was the most dramatic in my life was when I was leaving the Catholic priesthood. Um, I went to upstate New York, to Mount Savior Benedictine Monastery. It was far away from Colorado, which is where I'd been a priest. I needed to get far away because the voices were all loud around me because of this dramatic thing that I was doing of leaving the priesthood. Um, and I needed to get away. I was somehow smart enough to know that. But I still wasn't ready for what I met. Um, and I went there for a whole month. Now, it wasn't pure because technically while I was on this retreat, I was really not supposed to communicate outside. But I did a little bit of that. But for the most part, I didn't. And I spent 30 days with myself. Um, and I had all of these kind of battles that, that you see Jesus having when he has to go out and meet himself as part of a preparation for the task that was going to be ahead of him over the next three years. Um, it's going to be complicated, and he better know himself, right? Um, and uh, I was heading into my own wilderness when I left the Catholic priesthood and didn't know where I was going to lead at that point. If I had known it was going to joyfully lead me here, that would have helped, but I didn't know that at the time, you know? Um, and uh, I had all of these inner battles, and uh, I tried everything during that time. I, I read a lot. I recorded all my dreams and tried to hear what maybe was coming through my dreams during that time, and there was a lot of power in that. Um, I, it was conflictual, but I had a, a, one of the priests, residents of the monastery, uh, uh, as kind of like a spiritual guide during the time, but that I said that was conflictual because it turns out he had an agenda. He wanted to get me back into the priesthood. And... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so I had a real battle. Like I, I would go out and take walks, and I would scream at God and say, you know, am I supposed to be listening to that voice, or is that just His agenda, or what's going on here? And you know, and uh, that's what happens when you go spend time with yourself. You start to question everything and every tension and every battle within you. Um, this is what Jesus did for 40 days. 40 days. Can you imagine it? 40. I did 30. That was, that was hard, hard, hard enough. But I wasn't even totally alone. I was, a, I was I, the monastery. I could go to their prayer times. and They had a nice chapel I could sit in at other times and things like that. So, you know, it wasn't as uh, barren as the experience that, that Jesus definitely had. Um, but what I, what I want us to understand is that this was a requirement for Jesus to do all the things he did after, was to go spend time with himself and to get clarity. Now, what we don't know really, because we don't get all the details of the story, of what happened on those 40 days, this is, what, 13 verses to cover 40 days? That is really very helpful, you know, in the long run. Um, but he was 30 years old. We don't know even most of the experiences he had had up to 30 years old. You know, we don't, we don't, we speculate that he might have done carpentry work with his dad, but we don't really know that. I mean, there's no, there's no evidence what he did during most of that time. Just the birth and the 12-year-old incident and 30 years old now. Um, but I'm sure he had a lot to deal with out there. And what happens when you go spend that time with yourself, once you stop fighting it, I think, in a way, is that then you, you have the real battles within yourself. Because you hear all kinds of voices. And you don't know which ones are divine. And, you know, the, the, this story pits the good versus evil, the, the devil, but, you know... Take that for whatever you want. If you go spend 40 days by yourself, you will have voices that sound like God and you will have voices that sound like the devil and, and they'll be battling for your attention. And, um, and you're going to ask the question of, am I making all of this up or where is it really coming from and what am I really supposed to be paying attention to? And all your weak spots, you're going to feel the temptations of them, especially if you're during those time out there in that 40 days, if, if there's uh, weaknesses that you feel in who you are, there's going to be temptations of quick fixes to make it all better. Um, now, if we follow the entire Lenten story that we're about to go through for the 40 days, um, uh, then we're going to realize that Following Jesus shows us a path to deal with this. I wish all of us could go on a retreat for 40 days. I really do. Quietly. You know, that was the other thing. Was that, I think once a week it was different than this, but at the monastery, you ate your meals in silence. Except for they, they were reading. It was really kind of weird, because this was the early 80s. And uh, they were, they sometimes at their meals would do these readings. So one of the monks would stand up and read part of a book and they would read the entire book eventually and they would just pick up the next meal where they left off 
and they were reading Jonathan Shell's book, The Fate of the Earth. Did anybody ever read that? That's all about the detail of what happened with the bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And we're sitting here quietly eating meals, not supposed to be reacting or right, you know, and they're you're hearing these gruesome stories. But, I mean, I know why they were doing it. They were trying to be aware in their monastery of, you know, these kind of things, uh, horrors that are, that are in our world. But it was kind of a surreal experience, you know. But other than that, you're supposed to sit there quietly. You know, you can kind of smile at people. You learn how to send messages without, you know, doing much. But, um, but uh, you know, you go through that that process of really quieting and go inside and um, you, know, you may fight it for a while but eventually you're going to meet yourself um, and you're going to meet you know as they say the good the bad and the ugly whatever um, and but you're also going to discover uh, if you if you're open to it um, the true authentic you that God has created you to be that you're unconditionally loved into and uh and breakthroughs can happen. Uh, somehow it did for me. Somehow I eventually got some clarity through the through the fits and the starts and the taking walks and screaming at God. And, um, many of you can imagine that. I don't know how many of you ever heard me scream, but I was literally walking through fields and screaming at the top of my lungs at God. So, um, so. I think it takes courage to go on retreat. I think it takes courage to live fully into the flattened season, which is a, um, a way of considering going on retreat while still living the rest of our, our lives. It's hard to go on retreat. Some people can't afford to go away for, even if it's only a week. Um, and uh, some people have responsibilities to other people. You can't get away. If you ever have a chance to do it, um, it's well worth it. And I think it will deepen your understanding of what the Lenten journey is about uh, if you ever get a chance to do that. Um, So we will, as I said, during this Lenten season, have a time period uh, kind of different than the pairing and sharing time. This will be a time period for you to go in and meet yourself. and. In one sense, forget that everybody else is here during those few minutes, but in another sense, know that we are quietly doing it together. We're each meeting ourselves, and we support each other in that. We encourage each other and help each other have the courage um, to go inside and to, to meet who we are um, and to greet them. One of the things we talked about during the Ash Wednesday service, and these are little things that you can try to do, was one of the possibilities that I read about was writing a dialogue with yourself. Did you ever, anybody ever done that, you know? Um, you know, sort of, you, just, you don't have to plan anything. You just start talking, you know? It's one part of you talking to another part of you and you just say hi and the other one says hi. Before you know it, you can talk about the weather, you'll end up, if you're in the quiet, you'll end up somewhere um, in a deeper place that begins to clarify um, know, who you are and who God is calling you to be. So, I invite you, whatever form it takes for you during this Lenten time, to go on retreat, to have the courage um, to, to meet 
the temptations that might even happen there, and to know that God is with you, to know that you have a community here that will support you uh, on your retreat, in your time of retreat. Uh, in whatever form it takes, if you can go away for a week, do it. If you can block out a whole morning and just be away from everything and just find a place where you can just be quiet with nothing that reminds you of all your responsibilities. Um, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, you can drive up to a mountaintop and <laughs> sit in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, whatever it takes. Um, may God bless us on this Lenten journey. May we pay attention to the call of the Spirit that might be driving us out into the wilderness, into our time of retreat. May we become clarified within the depths of our soul about this, who we are, and how much God loves us. Amen.